Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Beck. And this is DVD Clutter. Yes, another week, another DVD to declutter. You're listening to the show where Beck and I go through our DVD collections and decide what to do with them. Yes, we have too many. Well, specifically, you have too many. I have too many. I have an okay amount, but it could be less. In an age of purely digital media, yes. <laughs> one you... is too many. <laughs> one is too Some many. Some would argue. That's right. Damn it, that means I've already kept my one That's for it. the whole season of this. I know. Oh my goodness. You peaked early. I have peaked early. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what I enjoy more, Beck. The fact that we get to do this every week, or the fact that at some point you're going to have to sit through seven Police Academy films. I don't know which one provides <laughs> me more joy. <laughs> Um, I have to go now. <laughs> we actually, I was talking about Police Academy the other day. I was like... Mm, they have not held up. No, I'll be, okay. <laughs> You're being upfront about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. all right. That's fine. I'm ready. I'm prepared. We had a good practice with this one this week. Mm. Repo, the genetic opera. Yes. Yeah, not a Police Academy, but a Police State. <laughs> That's right. My goodness, you're quick today. I am. Yes. Um, yeah. Do you want to, I guess... Tell us about how you came across this DVD. How did I come across the DVD of Repo, the Genetic Opera? But people are probably asking, is it an actual opera? Yes, it is. It is. And I, I came Rock a- opera. Yeah. Yeah. I came across it because in my later years of high school, year yeah. 10, 11, 12 especially, I was very much into musical theatre. Yeah. And especially into sort of like darker, brooding musical theatre. Yeah. Um, oh my God, this I'm, is exactly what you wanted. That's it. it must have hit all of your... Um, yes, I love I love the campness, but I want it to be angsty and yes. dark. So you know, Sweeney Todd, fan of the opera, yeah. I was a super fan of, and I used to go on a lot of like blogs and stuff about musical theatre, and this was mentioned a lot, the actual right. stage show. Yeah, and then I remember when it got announced that it was going to make it into a film. Yeah, you're like following along. Yeah, and I was like, when's it going to come out in Australia? Yeah, and then it came out. And I went to JB Hi-Fi. They didn't I, have it. No, they did. They did. They did. Whoa, you didn't have the special order. JB Hi-Fi was a revelation wow. to me because it was just, it was, you know, a warehouse full of DVDs. Well, yeah, absolutely. It had revelation. Well, we're both from the country. Yeah. There was no JB Hi-Fi in where I was from. There, yeah, and there was one that came into existence maybe near 10 for me. For you? Yeah. yeah. I remember but, coming to JB Hi-Fi in the city and just being like, oh my God. Just amazed. Yeah. So I got this and I remember sitting down and watching it and just being so disappointed. Really? Yeah. Just being so incredibly disappointed oh by it. Oh my god, I'm really surprised by that. Mm. Oh, that makes me so sad. I, I remember, and not to get too much into my review of it, because it, my opinion's changed on it since then. Yeah. But I just remember, I think, it, I think the acting especially was poor. Over the top or... Yeah, yeah, not very good. And the whole, the way it was put together, it was Frankenstein together. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just remember, yeah, watching and going, oh, that was a letdown. Oh, and then, your expectations must have been so high. Yeah. And then yeah. never watched it again Since, until... Until now. Mm, so oh, that would have been... Oh, yes. I can't yeah, wait. Start this of year 12, is, I think. I'm pumped to talk about this one. Great. So that's the story of how it got into my life. So you, But you kept it. You didn't throw it away all that time. <laughs> Why? <laughs> have, you, have you seen it? I, I I've never got rid of any DVD. That... Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that makes obviously. sense, obviously. I know, but still. I didn't know it was an option until, until this podcast <laughs> came along. You throw things away. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, I can't I'm glad that. I have so kept you... it, though, because I think Ooh, it will be yeah. an interesting conversation today. And, and also... Yeah, I'm glad to have seen it. My yeah. life is richer. That's it. 
now explained how it came into my life, do you yeah. want to um, just sort of give a bit of a rundown on what it is? Yeah, I do. Um, go. I good do. luck. <laughs> okay, here we go. So I'll give you a rundown of the story mm-hmm. before we get into our reviews of it. So it's set in a post-apocalyptic future where... 2030. Um, 2030, where people have started getting sick, um, lots of organ failure. They haven't been able to find a cure until one man... And one organization called Gene Co. Mm-hmm. Um, come up with a way of dealing with it, which is to offer replacement organs, but you have you can finance them essentially. So if you can't pay for your organ up front, you can basically like you finance a car. After pay loan, before after pay. Exactly, after pay before after pay. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can take the organ and owe this company um, the money. And if you can't pay, if you never manage to get your payments, the property is then um, seized by Repo Man, who is a scary looking dude in like all leather with this helmet thing and glowing eyes, which I loved the costume. Yeah. I loved the costume. And he comes and repossesses. Is that what it's called when they take a house? Like they repossess your property. Yeah. So he repossesses the property of Jinko. So he'll come and take the organ. He'll come and take like your lung or your heart or your brain or whatever they've replaced. He will come and kill you and take it back. Yeah. So that's what this world and it's dark and it's brooding and the opening graphics are all in cartoon cartoon are all in comic strips that tell us this backstory and as we kind of dive into this world and then we meet our protagonist who is a young 17 year old girl called shiloh and she is sick with a in quotations blood disease unspecified blood disease but she's basically locked in her room she can't get out she doesn't she's not allowed to go outside without like she wears a special gas mask if she has to go outside and she doesn't her dad doesn't like her to go outside he keeps her locked in her room for her own safety she has a window where she can see everything that happens. Um, she can see Jean Co's building from outside of her window and on the screen of the building, it kind of reminds me of Times Square, you know, like the, yeah. Tokyo or something where they've got like, not that I've been, but yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'm going soon. It kind of reminds me of Times Square or somewhere where they've got those massive screens where they project news stories or yep. plays or movies or whatever. That's it. The whole world seems to be run by this company, Jean Co. Yes. So it's like the Jean Co News Network. It's yes. like, you know... Murdoch yeah, press. It, yeah. <laughs> the CEO and owner of Genco has his lair, his business building up in this massive tall building kind of overlooking the whole city and he runs the city essentially. So our lovely protagonist, 17-year-old innocent uh, Shiloh, one day just finds herself, she tries to capture this little insect thing yeah. because she collects insects as one of her hobbies. She's gone down to visit her mum. Oh, yeah, her mum is dead. <laughs> Meanwhile, her mother died during just before she was born, and the dad had to, who the dad's a doctor, and he had to decide whether to save the mother or the baby. Yeah, and he had he saved the baby Shiloh, yeah. and the mother died. Yes, so he's living with this guilt of that death as well. Um, he thinks he killed her by giving her. He was trying to save her, gave her some medication, and it made, actually made her worse. Yeah, then she died. He saved Shiloh. Shiloh grows up, but he's kept her locked away. She goes into her mother's crypt to like Follows write in her diary. Yeah. Follows this insect outside. Gets trapped outside. Yes. Meets the grave digger. Meets the grave digger, who is essentially our... Narrator. Narrator, yes. So or narrator. He... 
one or the other. Yep. <laughs> or maybe both. <laughs> um, yes, who is our narrator and he tells us, the gravedigger kind of lets the audience in on little secrets or tells the, or fills the audience in on what the, the ha- is happening in the world that we might not understand. Oh gosh, it's really hard to, to do a summary of this story. Mm-hmm. So we got up the book, the gravedigger, he's there. He is also harvesting. So because everyone's having surgery all the time to put in these designer organs, they're addicted to painkillers too. Yes. And the gravedigger, what he does is he digs up corpses and sucks out of them any of this leftover painkiller. Yes. Which and he then, then sells, sells it for on profit. The black market. So it runs into him. She passes out because of her medical condition. Yeah. Sees the repo man, but then wakes up in bed. Yes. So the last thing she remembers is being like all of these uh, cops kind of coming because you can't, it's illegal to be a grave digger and mm. they think they've found a grave digger. Yeah. Um, and so they like pull her out of where she's hiding from and they're about to like kill her or they're about to do something with her and suddenly Repo Man appears in front of her face and he's like pushing the others away. Then she wakes up, she blacks out, wakes up, she's in bed and her father tells her it was all a dream. All a dream. That she had a, a moment, whatever. In a great singy, speaky opera. Yes. yes. It was all a dream. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Everything. There's no there's no spoken words in this film. Very little, yeah. So oh my goodness. And then what happens? Then we're about ten minutes into the podcast and ten minutes into the film. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, stick with us, stick with us. Um she thinks it's not she has a sneaking suspicion it's not a dream, mm. I think, and then so she decides to try and um Oh, does she get well, a message? Yeah, there? at this point the head of Genko, Roti Lang something. Yeah. Uh, gets in contact with her and says he wants to meet her. He says that he's got a cure for her condition. That's right. Then, it's so it turns out hmm. that 17 years ago, before she was born, yep. her mother was actually engaged to Roti. Yeah, the big head of Jenka. Yes, but she broke up with him to yep. marry Shyla's father. Yep. So we have now a connection between Jinko the families. and, yeah. Yes. So she gets a message from Rody saying, I've got a cure for your disease. You should come and see me. So she tries to go and see, she sneaks out to go and see him at the genetic opera, which is yeah. a opera that they run sporadically. And mm. they have a, Jenko has this singer, an amazing singer who. Blind Mags. Blind Mags. Who, Mags, yeah. Yeah, who um, sings for them each Week. Week. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. Time's regularly. kind of weird. Yeah. Who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sings for them regularly. Um, and is the, like, Shiloh loves her. Everyone adores her. She's like the superstar of the town, of the city, of the world, essentially. Anyway, so she sneaks out. They meet up and she meets Blind Mags. Not much really happens there, I don't think. They sing a bit. Then she get, goes home for a bit. Yeah, she gets, she ends up in this tent and the grave digger comes back again to yes, and try, take her home. tries to get her to escape and yep. takes her home. Yep. It also gives us some valuable exposition sort of yes. about what's going on. You see, yeah, Roti... Is it Rotti or Roti? It's Rotti. Oh, I don't know. Surely it's Rotti. It's R-O-T-I. Yeah. Rotti is in a bit of a conundrum because he's got these three children. That's right. One of them Paris Hilton, one of them Ogre, the um, lead singer of some like new metal bands, and one of them a third guy. And they're all <laughs> stupid and addicted to surgery. And he knows that he's dying. So he doesn't know who to give Genko to. Yes. So he's got this sort of plan to give it to... Shiloh. Shiloh. Yeah. Yeah, so you get filled in that exposition. You also find out that the daughter, played by Paris Hilton, is addicted to this street painkiller yeah. too, in a kind of cool sequence. Yes, addicted to the... There's a song... Um, about that, it. Yeah, there's a song about it. The little blue syringe. Yeah. But you also find out that Mags, blind Mags, yes. is going to quit Jean Co. Yes. But 
she used to be blind, hence the name. Yes. And Jinko actually owns her eyes, so, yeah, so they, Rotty wants to get them back. Yeah, so he they implant they saved her from her blindness. Yeah. Um and implanted her with these eyes that can do all sorts of magic things. Magic eyes. Magic eyes. Um, magic technological eyes. We also find out not only that Blind Mags was her eyes are owned by Jinko, hence she's owned by Jinko, mm. but she was also best friends with Shiloh's mother. Yeah. And is Shiloh's Godmother. Godmother, yes. So we're all starting to get these connections between the characters. Everything that was set up for this film to take place happened 17 years ago yes. when all these three adults, all of these things happened to them and then now Shiloh is kind of dealing with the consequences of all of those things. So we also find out that Repo Man is... Shiloh's dad. Shiloh's dad. So Anthony Stewart Head. Anthony Stewart Head. Oh, my God. Of Buffy fame, Giles on Buffy. Anyway, um, uh, what else happens? We also find out that Rotty, 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 yeah, was the one who killed Shiloh's mother. Yeah, because it he wasn't, replaced. It wasn't an yeah. accident. Yeah, he replaced medication in the father's office. The father's me- yeah lab, and he gave it to. Nathan's the father. Oh, name. Nathan, excellent. Yeah. He gave it to the mother yeah. without realizing. And he did that. Roddy did that to get back at her for leaving him. Yes. Murderer. Yeah. He's literally a murderer. Yeah. And he never. We, Nathan never finds that out. No. That that was that left me heartbroken. Mm. Anyway, I think so that's what else happens. Basically, yeah, that all happens. Shiloh gets sick of being her overprotective dad. Goes off. Yeah. Uh, to connect with Rotty. Yeah. Finds out her dad's the Repo Man. Yeah. Roddy makes him makes her try and kill him. Yep. On stage in yep. front of We find audience. out that she doesn't actually have a disease. Yes. The dad just sort of kept her prisoner because he was worried about her and his role as the repo man. Yes. She finally stands up. Roddy dies and she goes Nathan off. Nathan also dies. Nathan dies. She goes Mags off. Mags dies. Mags dies. Shiloh goes off to live happily ever after. And then there's a bit of a sting where you find out that the three children of Jean Co. of Roddy are actually going to try and keep it going into the future. Yes. Oof. That's it. I know that was a lot. Sorry. Well, thank you all for listening through it. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one to try and explain, but a fascinating story. Mm. I actually, well, well, we'll talk about it, but I really, like, I kept thinking about this film a lot after I had watched it. It wasn't one of the films that I just forgot about. It was a film that I kept on thinking about the story. And I think we think, I think I'm jumping ahead a little, but I think we talked about the lack of story in... Um, dude, where's my car? Well, dude, where's my car? <laughs> but also, I think we mostly talked about it in Atlantis, where there wasn't a strong story to hold on to. And with this, despite whatever production flaws there might be, mm. the story is enough. Yeah, that's it. So I, I guess now we move into the part where I get to give my review of it. And it's supposed to be sort of like the nostalgia-driven, rose-tinted glasses yep. look at it. But as I said at the start, I didn't like this film yeah, when I saw no it. there's no nostalgia attached. No, I yeah. remember being really disappointed. I was sort of like thinking, ugh, I have to watch this again. And I was sort of glad to be getting rid of it. Yeah. But on watching it, I actually found there were some more positive aspects yeah. than I originally thought. I'll start off on the negative, yeah. the things that I disliked at the time. The, per- the performances are pretty shocking. Yeah. They're over the top. They're... Which, for, for a musical doesn't necessarily have to be bad, but it, it was bad. Yeah. yeah. And that's the major concern I had with it. Stage to screen adaptations are tricky at the best of times. You see very talented filmmakers get mucked up by it. Yeah. Here we had the guy that had beforehand done Saws 2, 3, and 4, the Saw movies. He didn't even do the original one, which had some sort of class. He'd done... <laughs> 
he'd done two, three, and four, and he took on this very ambitious project. Well, he had. Did you watch the special features? No. So he had actually directed the stage show. Oh, really? Yeah. So he had he had seen the ten minutes. So the the two writers. There's two writers um, who it was like again a passion project of theirs um and they wrote these like little 10 minute mini opera kind of stories that they would show and put on at different places and they wanted to develop it into a full stage show and this guy had seen the 10 minute ones and wanted to really wanted to be a part of it yeah and was like please please let me direct the stage show so he directed this the original stage show of this yeah yeah and then i imagine also pushed got the money for the film yeah but um yeah yeah just heavy-handed in there and uh, it creeps across also there's a lot of gore in the film oh my god yes um which i was trying to eat dinner like i really (laughs) chose i should have known you did warn me when you gave me this but i sat down with dinner and i tried to eat dinner while i was watching this and it was hard to do it was very gory the the gore like because it's such a over-the-top story if they'd sort of treated the gore in sort of an over-top ridiculous way so i'm thinking like in sweeney todd yep or something like that, where it's clearly cartoon-esque, yeah. but it was sort of that weird real- realism yeah. kind of thing. Some, I think some of it was. I found it more jarring, and then once I got into it, I feel like I'm, I enjoyed it more. Like It felt like it became a part of it more. That's it. But, yeah, there was something about the gore that didn't quite match the style it was yeah. going for. I also found there was certain scenes that I'm sure would have worked brilliantly on stage. For example, the fight. There's this scene where the siblings of Jinko yep. having a bit of a fight and it's where you get to see their personalities. Yeah. So this is Paris Hilton who plays the... The daughter. The daughter who is addicted yep. to um, surgery. Ogre, who plays the guy with the ma- mask. So okay. he's got... He basically has gotten rid of his face and chooses a different face. Yeah, a designer face yep. all the time. Each time. So it's pegged in and you can see this kind of raw yeah. skin underneath. Yeah. And then the third brother, who I can't remember the name of, yep. but who's really, really aggressive. Like his he one trope anger, is that he's got anger issues. Anger issues, issues yeah. And I think it was would have been a really good light moment on stage because it could have been over the top. They're sort of throwing body parts around in a sort of hilarious way. And there's a nurse from Gene Code dying in the background, oh, which yes. I think on stage would have been sort of like over the top and yes. ridiculous and camp and funny. But because of the sort of very cramped nature of the film and the fact that this song sort of comes out of nowhere, it just felt... Too much. Yeah, too face. much. And and didn't really add anything. No. It wasn't it was, a, it it was wasn't a lighter long. moment, which I think it was supposed to be. Well, definitely, because he, he didn't say, he said, if there wasn't, he the line that he says, um, and uh, if you're listening to this in the car with the child, turn it down <laughs> now, but he says, the line that he says as he's singing If I is, see a hole, I'll fuck it. Yes, he says, if I see a hole, I'll fuck it, and if I don't see one, I'll, I'll make, make one. one. Yeah. And then he gets like a but something Scalpel, round oh, no. and stabs yeah. this woman to make a hole in her which, stomach. And then she breaking it down obviously sounds horrendous, disgusting. and it is <laughs> yeah. sort of horrendous to watch. And I know it's going to sound stupid to say that, that could have been comedy, but in a very camp, over the top, stupid way. Well, and I think it's not. I could on, see on stage that would have worked. It's not on you. It's not in your face on stage either. You, yeah. the, your attention will be taken away from it so quickly. But it was still in. It was still in the um, shot for a lot of this song. Mm. Yeah, I found that very very jarring. That scene. Yeah, so that scene. I know very focused in on my review on that bit but it's moments like that that just made me think but the story was engaging yeah um some of the performances at times like anthony stewart head i think actually had some good moments yeah i loved him anyways and And some of the songs are actually really good yeah like like, incredibly well written the the grave grave diggers song yeah um where he first meets shiloh yeah yeah uh, was brilliant yeah and also 
later on in the film where Blind Mags tells the story of her mother to Shiloh, yeah. sort of an abridged story. Yes. But Blind Mags projects her mother to sing backing vocals out of her eyes. Yeah. And just the harmonies it in that. Beautiful. And especially when Nathan comes in too and they sort of have a confrontation song. Well, it's I was like, this is... This is Decent. pretty good. Yeah. So Sarah Brightman plays Blind Mags and Sarah Brightman was the muse of Andrew Lloyd Webber and the character of Christine in Phantom of the Opera was essentially written for Sarah Brightman. Wow. Yes, and they dated for quite some time. And this so she... Is... Yeah, you didn't know that. No. I can't believe that. I, I the, really would have thought I'm, that you'd know. I'm never really interested... The same with film. I'm never really interested in the people as much as I am with the... Um, Directors with the the product, the film, oh. the the story itself. I don't really. Oh, I want to know everything. Pay about nothing the attention to the. Um, so is bad. Is it bad? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Nothing's bad. You guys decide. Tweet us or get us on Instagram. <laughs> but what I'm, what my point of this is that Sarah Brightman, unlike someone like Paris Hilton, mm-hmm. who was cast maybe for her, uh, like her cast to get a name on a poster, to get a I think, exactly to cast for her notor- notoriousness. Yeah. Notoriety. Um, <laughs> notoriety. That's what I'm trying to say. She was cast for her notoriety. And she can't really sing. Well, no. No. Um, even though the stars are blind. Even though the stars are blind. <laughs> so she has a bit of trouble singing. And Alexa Vega, who is plays Shiloh and who is from Spy Girls. Spy um, Kids. Spy Kids, sorry. Spy the, Girls. The sister Spy from Kids. Spy Kids. Yeah. And she has a little bit of trouble singing at some point. Yeah. Especially because it is opera. It's, yeah, it's, it's an opera. Hard. It's yes. operatic. Yes. And operatic. Sarah, Sarah Brightman can fucking sing. Yes. Like that woman can sing. So when she, when Blind Mag sings, it's beautiful and it's in tune <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> and but it's also, so like, it sounds like a real voice. A lot of the other voices, when they're singing, are very clearly auto tuned to yes. the point that yes. it's a bit. It's, it's jarring. First of all, strained and then auto-tuned and then, mm-hmm. yeah. Did you want to add anything else on reflection? No, I, I feel like our reviews melded into one there. Yeah. You want to oh, I can definitely talk more. Yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. I, I'm really, this film, my first comment after it stopped playing, my wife walked into the room and I was like, I just don't know why this exists. <laughs> like, when did Lionsgate go and go, yeah. I can tell you. We're going to do that. Yeah, because they made... So, because of Old Mate's um, money from Saw, Saw two, they, three, four. they made yeah, <laughs> they made a 10-minute ten ten minute video. video. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, yeah. and that got them produced. Um, but still, I still don't understand who sat down and watched that and go... Yes. Gory musical. That's what's going to make us the dollar. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it didn't make that much money. No. I, yeah, I, I don't know, but I'm glad they did. Me too. Yeah. Because I, like, I, yeah, I was watching it and I was really glad that Laura was not home. She was on night shift because yeah. she would have hated it, like hated it. Because it is like you have to, I think you have to be patient with the film, mm. I think, because there's a lot that you have to kind of forgive them for, like the mm. over-the-top acting or um, some some of the songs being not quite or some of the um, singing not being quite in tune or, yeah. you know, everything just being a little off or a little bit funky in some way or too much gore or whatever. So you have to kind of look past a few of those things. But, yeah, the further I've got away from those things, so I watched it last week and since then I've kind of, in my memory, I've glossed over a lot of those things. Imperfections, and, yeah. Yeah, and now, yeah, a lot of the imperfections are forgotten and I just remember the story and the story is gripping. The story is kind of dark and sad and gritty 
I liked a lot of the. I really liked the the design. The design, kind of yeah. Right, I, I really liked the um the graphics at the start. The the comics, how they stopped. They started it with the comics to to fill you in on the the background, but then they also did the little pause and did the seventeen years later, uh, seventeen years earlier statements and they filled us in on the backstory as we went through the film as well yeah um, all in comic book form and i really like that what's so sort of hard to summarize the plot really because it's all it's very it's dense it is dense but they they do it in a way that's not actually that awful hard to um yeah. no it was kind of easy to digest i the more i think about it the more i enjoyed it the more i'm glad that i've, I've watched it yeah definitely yeah. and i would potentially watch it again mm-hmm just because I want to get into that, it's it's a kind of it's the kind of world that you want to go and see what happens next, or you want to meet other characters in that world. Like That's they've it. set up this very interesting post-apocalyptic world where there's so many possibilities and so many things that we don't know could happen. I was a bit dissatisfied by the ending because Shiloh leaves and, and just sort of walks out. It's very sort of opera, you know. It was very tragedy, 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 and then she walks out into the light, and it's the right. end. There's no sort of follow up no it's just it's the end yeah but that that annoyed me yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to see her get some kind of retribution or some kind of something because she doesn't have i mean she's she's a girl that life is happening to rather than mm. like she's making life happen like she doesn't have a lot of agency in the film so this is our first female protagonist i think yeah. but again it's very male gazy like very male directed oh, yeah. male yeah. point of view and i wish she had a little bit more guts maybe or like just a little bit more like plenty of guts <laughs> yeah, a little bit more i don't know yeah I, I think again that unfortunately does come a bit down to the performances too yeah. there's that moment in the in what feels like the second act where she stands up to her father and says yes she has a whole song about being 17 it, and I'm, being a I'm, at least i'm not 40 at least yes. i'm not 50 yeah which again i just imagine on stage that could have been such could've a been big good. moment but yeah. it was sort of trapped in that one room yeah it was literally in that one room and, and um, anthony stewart had to sort of look awkward yeah in there because but anthony stewart head is great in this and if you've seen the musical episode of Buffy, you'll know that he can sing. So he can sing. Yeah. Um, got he does a great job. And he's like, oh, he does. If you've watched Buffy as well, you will know that he does an excellent, like, father figure, but also can flip to being that badass kind of killer, which is exactly what he does here. There are moments in Buffy when he kind of has to. He, goes back in time and he's got this dark history where he used to be like a badass living in London and doing all this bad witchery stuff and he that's exactly the two sides of him that are played that are kind of played on here he's got that fatherly characteristic when he's talking to his daughter but then he plays the repo man and has Mm. to go and kill essentially go and kill people and he does that very well he juggles that very well I thought he was great in this yeah I I thought he was as well i think yeah. some again some of the vocals were a bit overly auto-tuned yeah. which takes you out of it a little bit yeah but overall pretty all right yeah. um i think we've, we've talked a lot about how this sort of came into existence now i don't think many people will like it no it's a hard one to go out there and be like you should watch this yeah no but it does have a big cult following yeah it's shown on screens in the united states and they Rocky Horror and, oh, yeah, and okay. Shadow Performance and stuff. Yeah, well, like, I, was trying to, I think I was trying to explain it and I kind of said, I was trying to explain it to Laura and I said it's essentially like Rocky Horror. but And she was like, oh, well, I like Rocky Horror. But then I was like, yeah, but it's... And Rocky Horror is a cult classic, but it's more... It must be more niche cult than Rocky Horror. Rocky yeah. Horror is like the 
the mainstream equivalent of this. <laughs> That's it. And I think Rocky Horror um, embraces the camp a lot more, yeah. which I think means why it works a lot better. I can yeah. see why it can get a, a larger more, audience yeah. where, you know, it it understands a bit more what it's doing. Where here, I think it was a little bit muddled into yeah. exactly what they wanted out of it. Did yeah. they want it to be that camp over the top, ridiculous, this is silly? Yeah. Or did they want it to be grimy, gritty? Yeah, they didn't know. Definitely weren't, yeah. weren't sure. And I, uh, and I think... They were, trying to, they were trying to trade a line between those two things. Yeah. And maybe that was where the problem was. It's a line that I think can work on stage. Yes, but and, maybe not in film. But no, it needs to... What did you think of the, of the film version of... Sweeney Todd. Uh, that's a that's a whole other story for a whole another podcast because at that stage it? of my life, yes, oh. <laughs> that stage of my life, I was the biggest Tim Burton fanboy okay. of all time. All right. So we'll it would be an interesting one to revisit. Okay, yeah, but I really enjoyed this more than I thought I would, and I even after I had finished it, wanted to be back in the world so much that I put on the soundtrack. Oh wow! For a short time. Yeah. Then I turned it off because I remembered that it wasn't that great just to listen to. No. I, it's very, because it's very much just like, it's it's not, it, you know, everything's a story. It's not, there's yes. no like bangers in there. Yeah, there's no, not like a song right. you chuck on it, and be like, yeah. Yes, that's right. It kind of, you have to be in the story to get the, um, get the, the song. So did you watch any of the special features? No, I just did some reading online sort of about it. Uh, there's a great article from Mashable that's in defense of Repo the Genetic Opera. <laughs> And several paragraphs of someone just being like, I know it's not high art, but hey, this is kind of fun. It and is then that's, fun. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it yeah. is fun. It is fun. And Incredibly yeah, like I, I can imagine if I was if I was younger, like if I was the age when I watched Sweeney Todd or if I was like 20 years old and I watched this, I probably would love it. Mm. Yeah. And really want to be, be a part of that kind of that world. I, don't, I wish they would make like a... Um, a graphic novel of it. Mm. I wish that someone put on the stage show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely go see that. Yeah. I wonder if that's playing anywhere. The other thing that I want to say it has in its favour mm. is that it only goes for an hour and a half. That's it. Oh, my God. The perfect length for a film. I was expecting... I was worried it was going to go for longer because it's an opera. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was going to go for about three hours. And I feel like they did cut out... Fair chunks. Yeah, a few chunks of it. Oh, I was so happy. But 90, by the sense of it, minutes. in its development, it really did, like, songs were taken in and out a lot of the time. So yep. when they selected what was for the film, they sort of had a wide base to sort of yep. choose from. Yeah. And so I think some thought was put into what would work better on yep. cinema. But, for example, the, the sibling song is just one perfect example of one that they must have all loved. Yeah. And like... Well, it's also Happy necessary for the story. Like, yeah. we need to we need to know, we need to be introduced to these different characters. They just maybe should have rethought the way they went about it. And it's the same with um that yeah, exactly the same with that I'm I'm seventeen song where yes. she Yeah, that yeah. very important to the story saying that she's now gonna stand on her stand own two feet. To, yeah, exactly. But um just the stagey kind of way it was done didn't quite work. So do we think it holds up? I think it could still be like uh, gore aside, like yeah. you you have to be ready to watch that gore and understand that that's Part of the genre. Yeah, part of the genre, and maybe something wasn't done incredibly well. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of True Blood, the over-the-top. Yeah, but True Blood does that better. It understands that line between dark and camp. So, yeah. And it puts them together. That's... Yes. You're very right yes. there. True Blood needs to do this. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I was like, when I... When I first... It was really jarring at the start, but then when I thought about it the same way I think about the gore in True Blood, I was mm. like, oh, okay, I'm more into this now but I had to really contextualize it for myself 
So it's not that old, this film. No. 2008. 2008. Was uh, when it was released and the DVD came out 2009. Okay. So So year 12. It's still been year 12 for you. Yeah. Not quite year 12 for me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, you know, it's it's modern enough that it was released on Blu-ray as well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, interesting. So yeah, oh, look, I would if you ever have um, a spare two hours and you've really got nothing else to do, and you're like, it's a rainy day, I want to stay inside. I love musical theatre. Yeah. Give it a go. Why not? I don't know where you'd find it though, and that's that's why we move on to the final segment of this. Well, can you podcast. find it online? It's not on Stan. It's not on Netflix. Oh. I hope you can buy it online, but I didn't even check that to be honest. I'll have a quick look. Because that's where I think my decision lies here is that, yeah, do I need it in my life? No. <laughs> but if I get rid of it and suddenly it's unaccessible ever again, does that give me reason enough to, to keep it? It's accessible. It is accessible. We've found out. It's been it is good. on. You can buy it from $10 or rent it for $5 on um, Google Play. Renting sounds like exactly what I'd need. If I ever do have the desire to enter into the world of 2030... Yes. ...and into the police state of Gene Co... Yeah. ...I'd be happy to rent it. Yeah. So I think the verdict goes, I'm going to get rid of it. Where to, you may ask? Definitely don't destroy it. No. Okay. And I'd love it to go to an op shop. Yeah. I'd love some musical theatre dweeb kid... Yeah. ...age definitely over... 15. Yes. <laughs> there's some stuff in there. <laughs> yes. Uh, there are themes. come across it in their op shop yep. and go, what the? wow. Yep. You know? Um, so it's for whoever that is out there. I just want to mention that it's got a 38% oh, yeah. rating on Rotten Tomatoes. But you can totally understand. <laughs> like, you can't go past the fact that the acting's pretty poor. Yeah. The, the directing itself is stagey and yes. weird. Yeah. Um, maybe it is because he did the stage show, so he was too hooked into that. Yeah, maybe that would have been a good idea. Yeah, yeah. should have got um, True Blood people to do it. Yeah, we, we fixed the <laughs> we film. Fixed it. Oh, if someone wants to do a remake, I am in. Oh yeah, I will finance that with what little money I have. Whatever profits <laughs> come from this podcast, we will devote them entirely to remaking, remaking Repo the Genetic Opera. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. This is yeah. a good chat. Okay, so so going to the op shop. Yeah. All right, cool. Oh, yeah, I do. I reckon go watch it, people. Go watch it. Yeah. Why not? And I just know that there won't be another copy of it at the op shop. No, so it's not going to be one not. where I'm like, oh, no, no. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and someone also please write a graphic novel based on this. Mm. I'd love to see it. Well, the one of the creators was a storyboard artist. So yeah. surely, you know, yeah. we can just push him to do it. Yeah, that. we'll get in contact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well i think we're wrapping up that's it yeah yeah done. well done great if All you've right. got your thoughts on repo the genetic opera or would like to be in the stage show that beck and i are putting on <laughs> <laughs> and we're aiming for a christmas opening night <laughs> yeah that's it uh, please get in contact with us get in contact with us over twitter at dvd clutter which is dvd e c L-U-T-T-E-R. That's right. Yep. Um, you can also contact us on Instagram, um, the same name, DVD Clutter, D-V-D-E-C-L-U-T-T-E-R. Um, you can instant message us. You can even leave us a voicemail. You could sing one of the songs. Oh, my God. Yeah. Please do. If you know a song from 
repo the genetic opera and, and you dig. can sing it. And I rob. <laughs> well, you're not included. Great. <laughs> you're, you're not included in this. <laughs> Just let us know your thoughts about this. Please, I really. If you're want a super you guys, fan of yeah. repo the genetic opera, because I don't think there's many podcasts about it, too. No. If you've stumbled upon it because you've been looking for it, oh, tell yeah. us why why you love it. Yeah. Um, and maybe we'll give you the DVD if you yeah. love it that much. That's it. But also, I reckon you should all go on YouTube at least one clip mm. from Repo Man just for shits and gigs. That's it. I think it's pretty funny. It's pretty interesting. It's good. It's a weird one. Yeah. And make sure you rate, subscribe, review, do all that stuff on your podcast app whichever it is because it just helps us with visibility so more people can know Yay. about repo the genetic opera we need to spread the word about repo the genetic opera thanks again for listening it's been awesome yes now we just need to do one more thing and oh, that yes. is talk about what we're going to be looking at next and it's one of your dvds it is one of my dvds next I week it's the first classic uh depends how you done. classify classics i think it's the one that most people would have heard of yes out okay. of anything we've done so far oh robin hood many times that's a classic i think it's the lesser known Mel Brooks. oh okay anyway well, uh we are gonna look at clueless totally whatever totally whatever we're gonna look at clueless so yeah get your head back into high school mm. um and what do you think is it going to be one that i decide to keep or is it going to be one that i decide to throw away mm. let us know so thanks for listening Thank you very much. And we'll see you next week. Bye.